Welcome to the Women in Jazz Media podcast series on the bookcase with music from Hannah Horton. Welcome to Women in Jazz Media's On the Bookcase podcast and I'm I always say I'm excited but that's because it's true. We have some amazing guests but I'm especially excited to welcome the incredible Dr. Joan Cartwright. Welcome Joan. It's so lovely to have you. <laughs> I am thank you. Okay, hi. Hi, and I have to give you, I, I had a look at your bio and your introduction, it says you're a poet, you're a musician, you're a composer, you're an author, you're a historian, you're the founder of Women uh, in Jazz South Florida, uh, and on the back of one of your books, and I love this, it says Dr. Joan Cartwright has dedicated her life to promoting women musicians globally. I mean, take a breath. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to have you. And I don't really know where to start. There's so many things that I'd love to talk about. I mean, the focus of this is books. So I think we'll start off with your books, although I, I dare say we'll probably go off into other areas. So I think my first question is, how did you first get into writing? What, what started you on the journey of being an author? Okay. So I'm a journaler. I journal. Mm. So I have maybe about 50 of these. Wow. At least. And they're all different. Okay. So I was in Switzerland from 1994 mm. to 1996. I had just finished my master's degree and I kept a calendar mm -hmm. of every trip that wow. I took to Europe. I had been going back and forth from 1990 to 94 and then I moved there. May I ask, what was, your, what was your master's on? What were you doing your master's in? I knew you were going to ask me. <laughs> It was the cultural politics of commercial jazz. Ah, okay, fantastic. Okay. Yeah. And I interviewed Quincy Jones. Nice. <laughs> but many people, not mm. just Quincy Jones. So um, that was in 94 that I, I really uh, started seriously documenting women musicians mm. but the computer the internet was not up then okay. it's the 90s we're talking aren't we 90s yeah okay yeah early 90s yeah so i was staying in a hotel in gerlafingen you're gonna have to say that again <laughs> gerlafingen okay <laughs> okay i'm a gerlafingering okay okay so <laughs> So I asked the owner of the hotel if I could use his computer. Mm -hmm. And he did let me. And then I printed out pages with a photo and a bio of the women that I was researching. Right. Well, that developed into the Jazz Women Directory. Mm. And that happened around 97. When I came back home, uh, I began to build 
the Jazz Women Directory. And I had people like Blanche Calloway, mm. who was Cam Calloway's sister. Mm. But she was a big band leader, just like Cam Calloway. Wow. But she didn't get the recognition because she was a woman. Okay, yep. So there were so many other women, Melba Liston, mm. uh, Dorothy Ashby, uh, Marion McPartner. Mm. I met Marion. Oh, did you? Before. Yeah. Wow. I met uh, Melba. I was in a room with her 16 beef band. Oh, gosh. See, that's a whole other podcast, that, talking about yeah. <laughs> you meeting those two fabulous the women. people who, who I've met. Mm. So that's why I, you know, kept these journals of people that I would meet on the road in Europe, because you would, you would have far more connection mm. than here. Okay, because mm. they were like these huge stars here, but in Europe, they were musicians, yeah. you know, women. So fast forward to 2004, Okay, really three, 2003, I moved from Florida to Atlanta with my daughter. Mm -hmm. And that was a long story, but she came into some money. She supported me, mm -hmm. and I wrote my first book. Ah. It took me 13 months to write the book. And what was the first one? First it's book? called In Pursuit of a Melody. Ah. Mm -hmm. But it's five books in one. Okay. So the first 100 pages was my memoir. Mm. Okay. And a musical memoir, not really my whole life. Mm. Okay. But the second part of the book was a song book with 40 songs. Mm. The third part was a poetry book with 35 poems. Wow. Okay. And then two lectures. Okay. So you want to be a singer. <laughs> <laughs> and amazing music women with 40 women. So this is a pretty thick book. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> and I, I self-published, but it was through a Canadian company and it was costing me some money to do it. Then I found lulu.com. Yes. And I began to break the books out and I wound up now with 14 it's incredible and I think what I find I mean on our women in jazz media bookcase we have um the women in jazz um uh, music publishing and marketing and we have the blues women the first civil rights workers they're the two that we currently have I, I'm saving up and I need to get the rest of them but what I think is one of the incredible things is that the range of different things that you're writing about you know, as you say, your early books were memoirs, but you've got kind of historical books. There's kind of music marketing. How, how do you decide? What's your kind of process to decide what your next book is going to be or, you know, your projects? How, how does that work? Well, I had been writing the poetry and the songs mm. since 1977. Gosh, OK. Maybe even earlier than that, I started writing poetry. Mm. My mother was a poet. Oh, was she? Yeah. She ah. was a boy, and she wrote little ditties, little, you know, like flies is just such pests, <laughs> ain't they, Mom? <laughs> you know, Brilliant. Little, little stuff. Mm -hmm. And 
it was easy with the five books because I got to design the covers and, you know, well, I was a key punch operator. Then I became a word processor. Then I became a legal secretary. Okay, gosh. So formatting was, just came easy to me. Yeah. See? And it was, I love photographs. So the book has 350 photographs. Oh, goodness. 350. Okay. Okay. Yes. Now, they have that book in Italy. Oh. At at the Donne in Musica uh, archive. Wonderful. And so, and I had been bringing the books with me to Europe, but you know, that's weight, right? Yes. So, so, after those five books, I wrote two more poetry books mm-hmm. because, the, you know, they were one was a love poems. Okay. And what was the other one? I, I can't even, oh, Gaia Mind. Mm-hmm. It was Gaia Mind, Rhythm of the Heart. And I can't think of the third one right now. <laughs> but it's a th- three poetry book. Mm. So then I wrote a book about teaching the eighth grade at a charter school, okay. which was so lethal. <laughs> lethal. <laughs> lethal. <laughs> that I did not publish it for 10 years. Oh, goodness. So why was it lethal? You're going to have to tell us about that. When I came back from Europe in 1996, I learned I was a substitute teacher. Mm -hmm. And I learned that parents were being paid to give their children Ritalin. Oh, really? Oh, Which was a drug yes, to yeah. calm them down. Yes, I know but of Ritalin. Oh. When they were off of it, mm. they were insane. Okay. Oh, dear. Okay. And I have a video of one of my students. He he looked like he went through a, 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 a time war. Oh, goodness. It was insanity. Mm. So anyway, I wrote this book, but I didn't publish it for mm. a long time. So then, uh, that was another book that I wrote. Oh, I oh, so uh, the purple book is my doctoral dissertation. Yes, I so I've I've read this several times. This is yeah, it's brilliant. The detail it goes into, but yes, I I was aware that that kind of came through your studies. Right, and it it just um, supported my contention that women are not respected Mm. in the music industry. Mm. And music being the only universal language Mm. means that women's voices are not being heard. Well, what does that mean? Mm. So if you take a mother and a father and two children, The woman says, you better behave. I'm going to tell your father when you get home. Mm. So they fear the father. Yeah. But they get warning from the mother. Okay. In other words, mother doesn't have authority. Mm. But you're with the children all day long. Mm. So 
they're running rampant all day long. And then when daddy comes home, now they act like civil human beings. <laughs> this didn't work for me and no. my children. No, <laughs> it doesn't work for many people, I think. <laughs> Not now. That's a whole other podcast. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So series. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So that's how blues women, the first civil rights workers, came about. Well, this is something I was going to ask because, you know, when I asked about the direction or kind of how these ideas for your books come to play, because I know, and the Blues Woman as an example, because this you, you've actually presented, haven't you? This this kind of book, whether the book came first or the, or the presentation, but this is more, it's not just a book. Um, you actually present this to kind of different schools and, and conferences and so on. Yes, the book came first. Okay. I just started compiling. I'm a great plagiarist. <laughs> okay. But I think I do give references. So certainly I, from what I, I can think, see, yes. <laughs> I think I cover myself pretty well. Mm -hmm. But I just snatch information, but I'm looking for specific information mm -hmm. about these women. So Josephine Baker mm -hmm. was the only woman to speak at the Civil Rights March. Mm -hmm. With, with Martin Luther King mm. and Nina Simone March too. But you have to go back to Ma Rainey and Bessie Smith who were like heroes in their mm. communities. Mm. And so their voices were voices of power, mm. of politics, of complaint, and of triumph. Mm -hmm. So when you begin to research these women, of course you internalize their abilities. Mm -hmm. So my voice got stronger and stronger. You see? Yeah, it's an incredible thing, isn't it? How, and I find this with the women in Jazz Media team, is that we all feed off each other. You know, when, when you read about an inspirational, powerful, fierce woman, that kind of that affects you and that makes you kind of believe that you can achieve more it's this kind of wonderful uh, kind of movement around these incredible women mm -hmm. Sandra Booker and I reconnected because of your site oh Sandra, yes she's just joined our team yes we're looking forward to she'll be writing for our next magazine oh, I didn't realize you kind of you knew her in the past but you've now reconnected wonderful we never saw each other face to face, but we were on Facebook constantly uh, because both of us are radical. Sure. You know, mm. writing has always been a favorite thing of mine. Mm. I'm a, I'm a wordist. Mm. You know, I love word games, Scrabble, and my mother wrote, but you know they use penmanship. Yes, which is no longer a skill mm, sadly yes amongst young people they can't even write their sign their name in <laughs> script but we're not talking about that today no, that, that, that would be another podcast as well i think <laughs> <laughs> so when um i was in the middle of my doctorate i got the opportunity to go to italy to Fuji, you saw that blog. I did, yes. I idolized Patricia Atkins Keaton mm. 
And she took me under her wing and she inspired me. She motivated me. She advised me. Anything that you can think that a protege would get mm. from a mentor, mm. I got it from her. Wow. Okay. And it was so delightful to meet her and her team. And then I met several other people who joined the organization. Biggie Vinklo from Sweden became our international president. And so, you know, it's just uh, like you just joined us. I know. I have just joined you. <laughs> Number 411. 411, okay. Yes. And Wendy is 410. Excellent. And you see, so now you belong to me. You oh. don't I'm happy to belong you, to you, Joan. Yes. You buy into my family with $60. Mm. Wow. But you can't get out. That's the thing. You're like the United States. You know, Americans cannot turn in their passport. Mm. You know, you you could be an expatriate, but you cannot turn in your passport. Oh, really? You okay. You're an American citizen no matter what. Okay. Oh, okay. So I don't know why I told you that. but, no, but you, that's how it is oh, with your you, organization. Once you're in, that's it. <laughs> you can't be purged. I had one woman say, delete me from your roster. I said, okay, I will. <laughs> She's not off my roster. No. She's not off my... <laughs> and then when I when I hit the lottery for a billion dollars, everybody's going to get a million dollars. But I never told anybody that. No, yeah, but yes, <laughs> but that but that's something actually because you know, a part of the the reason for your organization is is obviously well, it's supporting women as an author, musicians, or musicians, but as an author. Have you are there particular barriers that you found, whether that's just as an author or whether specific to being a female author? Uh, I mean, you spoke no. about your wonderful mentor. Are there were there any particular challenges that you found as an author? Well, the, the one was I tried to get my books into the Broward County into the schools. Mm -hmm. They would buy them individually for the media centers mm -hmm. or some of the teachers, but. I was blocked from oh. getting my book. I know I was blocked. Do you know why just... that was? Mm -hmm. I do. You don't want to share? Racism and gender discrimination. Oh, really? I know that. Okay. Because you just don't find books by women of color in the, in the schools, you know. But anyway, that didn't matter to me. I kept trudging through the snow. Yes. And, um, you know, I've sold a lot of books at lectures, mm. at my gigs. I shipped books to China and sold them all over there and CDs. And, you know, so you have to be proactive. You have to be a musical entrepreneur. I was going to say, is there any kind of guidance or advice that you'd give specifically to women who are interested in writing? Journal. Okay. Every day, write down what you were doing. Write your ideas down. Write your dreams. You know. So my one of my poems is 
keep your dream close to your heart and your mind will know the answer while your soul plays the chords your imagination can be the dancer that's wonderful (laughs) (laughs) and so I send that you know I post it a lot uh it's in a couple of my books but that is called Portrait of a Dancer because my first art was dance. Yes, you trained in dance as well, didn't you? You've done so many things, Joan. It's honestly, it's incredible. I'm a Renaissance woman. <laughs> and I'm a tired woman. And I'm busy, 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 busy. You are. And I bet, are there... I'm going to say 14 books I think you've done. Are you, are you thinking about your next book? Because I know there's obviously lots of things that you're working on uh, with Women in Jazz uh, in South Florida, but is there another book in, in your mind? I bet there is. <laughs> so I have four ex-husbands. Four? <laughs> there's a whole other podcast as well. <laughs> it's called Husbands. Okay. okay. <laughs> Not subtle. No. <laughs> So I ha- I didn't write it. I told my father when he was about 97, mm. I said, you know, daddy, I haven't written the real book yet. So he said, well, why is that? I said, because you read everything that I write and you can't read all <laughs> So where I'm staying right now, my friend Patty, she says, you need to publish that book. Mm. I said, but I have to change the name. She said, yeah, just change the names. Mm. Nobody, everybody will know it's me. Sure. And everybody will know it's my husband. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's what you're working on at the moment, or that's what's in your mind that you might do? No, I already wrote the book. Oh, yes. okay. Ah, so you're going to publish it soon. <laughs> I just haven't published it because I don't want anybody to know how okay. immoral <laughs> I have been. <laughs> sure. <laughs> No, but I married because I did not want to have illicit conjugal relation. Okay, Okay. fair enough, yeah. So that's why I married, but there was seven to ten years in between each Mm. husband. So I had a lot of (laughs) (laughs) nonsense. Sure. (laughs) That Yeah, that's definitely a whole other podcast episode. But tell me, because I know I could chat. I could chat to you for hours. Can you tell for people who are listening who don't who don't know anything about your incredible organization? Could you could you tell us a little bit about you know women in women in jazz South Florida for people who don't know anything about it? So it's women in jazz because I was a jazz artist and in South Florida because I was in South Florida. So there's International Women in Jazz in New York. I was a member of that. Mm-hmm. Then it was Donna Musica in Italy. And then there's Women in Jazz Association in Austin, Texas with Pamela Hart. Mm-hmm. And there might be a couple of other women in jazz. So I differentiated it by saying uh, South Florida. Mm-hmm. So what happened? I toured Europe for eight years. Before that, I was living in New York. Well, I'm from New York, Mm. but I left there in 70. 76, I went to Philadelphia for six years. 
82 to 84, I lived in New York and I worked with three amazing music women, mm -hmm. Kim Clark, Bertha Hope, and Paula Hampton on drums, mm -hmm. Lionel Hampton's niece. Oh, okay. Yep. And Bertha Hope is probably the most famous female pianist mm. in New York. Okay, Bart okay, none. Mm. And Kim Clark is a bassist. Kim was on my first demo recording. Wow. So amazingly, the city where I am right now is where her family is from. Oh, really? Gosh, we okay. <laughs> and she's from Queens, where I'm from. Wow. So we are definitely sisters in the music. Yes. Okay? So I realized, though, uh, there was one other woman. Oh, Carlene Ray was a bassist. So that was four women mm -hmm. in New York. Carlene Ray was one of the sweethearts of jazz. Oh, really? Gosh, okay. Okay. But she passed away. Mm. So then Kim stepped in. Okay. After touring Europe for eight years and working in New York with those three ladies, mm. four ladies. There were two women in Europe, Tina Schneider and Miriam, I can't say, Olsen, okay. I think she's Dutch. Tina is German, but I work with them in Amsterdam and I work with Miriam in Switzerland. Gosh, okay. <laughs> Six women from 1982 to 1998. Wow. Six women. I said, there's something wrong with this. Mm. Okay. In Italy, I didn't work with any women. Mm. All right. So I started gathering the women. Mm. I would seek them out if I saw them on anything playing anything mm. I would contact them immediately okay and so in the beginning they would be they were becoming members yeah you know then there were those who would not become members okay <laughs> but they were part of a group yeah. that the leader was the member okay when they started seeing that I was going to build the music woman archive mm. a lot of women jumped on board now. okay so we're up to 411 yes, gosh. members, mm. all right? And we have members from 16 countries. So that includes Angola. Really? Wow, okay. South Africa, Brazil, uh, Sweden, um, Italy, now England, there's six. Now I got to come up with 10 more, but anyway. <laughs> And then we have members from about 26, 27 states, you see. Mm. So I've been uh, to California on a panel with people like Melissa Manchester mm -hmm. and Eloise Laws, who is Hubert Laws' sister, Ronnie Laws, and Gail Johnson with Jazz in Pink. Have mm. you ever heard of her? Yes, I have actually, yes. But she is my, my protege. 
okay. because when I finished my doctorate, she went after her master. And now she's going after her doctorate. Okay. Go, girl, you go. <laughs> and she's steadily producing. She's a musical director for Norman Brown on mm. tour. So then my other great supporter is Dottie Anita Taylor from, she was the president of International Women in Jazz mm. for seven years. Then there's Lenore Raphael, mm, yes. who's a pianist. We have the same speech impediment. We're ah. just old, and we're old, old girls, you know, <laughs> can't talk much, <laughs> talked out. <laughs> so I have a base of women that support what I do. Mm. It's not all 400, but I would say there's a good 20 women that stay close to me. Carmen Bradford mm. from the Count Basie Band. Mm. Her mother, Melba Joyce, who is 10 years older than me, and she stays, always calls, make sure I'm okay. Mm. Jeannie Cheatham was 95 years old. Goodness. And she wrote a book, Meet Me With Your Black Drawers On. <laughs> I love the title. <laughs> and the song. And I made mucho dinero off of that. <laughs> it's such an incredible community. I mean, just listening to you with, you know, the women they were mentioning, how you've met them, what they do. I mean, you know, I think that's one of the fantastic things about jazz and especially I think women in jazz and as you say because you know historically there's not been many of us or at least we've been there but no one knows about us once we get together we're kind of unstoppable that's right mm. but that's why we have to join forces and change the economic equity mm. okay we have to change that um we have to demand equity. Mm. And equity doesn't mean 10, 15, 20%. Mm. It means 50% of every tax dollar. 50%. Yeah, this we were talking about this the other day, weren't we? It's a fascinating thing. And I, I don't think anyone's ever actually discussed it in that way before when we look at you know the revenue that the industry brings in, that actually, <laughs> how is it split well, from the thing a... About it is, you have to follow the money, mm. you know, follow the money. Yeah. And of I think course. this is one of, sorry, go on. Well, here's the thing. See, I don't know if I talked to you about this. Have you ever heard of George Ween? George Ween. Uh, yes. As in um, the jazz festival, George Ween. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Mm. So I met him back in the early eighties, gave him my resume. I had studied with the most important piano, jazz piano player in Philadelphia, Gerald Price. Mm. I was a songwriter. Freddie Hubbard recorded my tune, Sweet Return. Wow. So I've got to be doing something right. <laughs> yes. He totally ignored me. Oh. He chooses who was, he chose who was going to make it and who didn't. Mm. So Dee Dee Bridgewater, Diane Reeves and Shaka Khan. Mm. They were the three divas of jazz mm. on all the the all the um festival. Dee Dee, of course, 
had a presence in Europe mm. with her television and radio show mm. in Paris. Well, she lived in and Paris she, for quite a while, didn't she? Yeah, but she was married to a bassist from New York, mm. Bridgewater. Mm. Okay, Cecil mm. Bridgewater. Then she married a, a Frenchman. So, you know, mm. she she got a lot of clout. So I took offense at the fact that he it literally ignored me. Mm. Really. And John Phillips worked for him. So I call him the czar of jazz. Okay. <laughs> you understand? And I realized the the politics that were involved. Mm. See, so he didn't think that he could control me. Cassandra Wilson. He put Cassandra Wilson out there. Mm. So, you know, I was around people like Frank Forster, Charles McPherson, uh, Freddie Hubbard, mm. Lee Morgan. I was around all these people when I was 19 years Gosh. old. Mm. You know, but I didn't become a professional jazz musician until I was 27. Yeah. They didn't even know that I could sing or anything. Mm. But that was in Philadelphia. So fast forward to about the mid-90s, George Ween had a trio with Oliver Jackson on drums. Yeah. And I think it was uh, Johnson, I Joe Johnson or something like that on bass. Oliver Jackson stayed over in Switzerland a week to perform with me. Mm. I didn't know him. I just knew him from that one gig and he stayed over to perform with me. Yeah. I was really uh, honored yeah. by that. But I remembered that I had met him with George Ween. Right. So he knew yeah. what went down, you see. But it didn't stop my show. I don't think anything is going to stop you or has stopped you, Joan. <laughs> Well, surgery almost did. Ah, uh, but it hasn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I know <laughs> we could talk for a long, long time, and I think we'll have to have you as a guest again on 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 another podcast, probably when your other book comes out, or you will have done something incredible. But I'd like to just end because I'm sure you will have some words of wisdom. So, to the women out there in the music industry, whether they're composers, whether they're musicians, whether they're authors, um. What would you say to them to help them, to guide them? What could you have your words of wisdom to end on? They're in that book, the purple book, mm. Six Keys to Success. For any entrepreneur, but particularly for women. Okay, so that's branding. Mm -hmm. You have to brand yourself. So I'm Diva JC. Mm. Well, my pianist in Italy call me his diva mm. and I'm JC. Mm. So that was my handle yeah. for my email. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you have to brand yourself and you have to use it over and over and over again. Mm. Marketing. You've branding is not the same as marketing. It's two different things. Mm. So promotion and marketing, two different things. Mm. All right. Then, and you need a logo or you need, a photo or 
something and your name needs to be on it. Mm -hmm. Now I'm Dr. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> My kids had to call me Dr. Mom. Too. Oh, did they? Well, <laughs> Dr. Mom. I love that. I want my kids to call me Dr. Mom. <laughs> Sorry. So um teamwork. Mm. Ladies, you need a team. Mm -hmm. You are not you're a goddess, but you still need generals and lieutenant colonels, lieutenants sergeants and soldiers mm. you need an army of people well women work individually they cook in the kitchen by themselves they take care of the kids by themselves they clean the house by themselves okay mm. so you need to learn how to work in a team these are the things that men already know how to do because that's what they do they play football basketball soccer on a team then networking mm. You have to get out there. Nobody's coming and knock on your door. Oh, I have a book in the making called Cute Won't Pay the Bills. Oh, okay. Cute Won't Pay the Bills. Nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. A lot of women don't understand. When you get 30, you're too old. When you get 50, you're ancient. Okay. So you have to maintain your youth and vitality and purpose and relevance you have to reinvent yourself every five years and then you have to take that persona out into the world mm -hmm. then there's negotiation mm -hmm. women don't know how to negotiate yeah I think I've, I've discussed that with quite a few women before when you talk about um, kind of if you're getting gigs and you're talking about fees or you know uh, photography work and so on a, a lot of women I've spoken to do find it hard to bargain to negotiate you know when it's kind of like well this is the fee to to have that the strength and confidence to go actually it's this you know that it that is something that I think certainly just some of the women that I've spoken to do find that hard well the thing about it is if you don't know your own worth yeah. nobody's gonna pay it yeah you know so what do you need you need a fee schedule mm. what is your time worth mm. and it needs to be high mm. and then you can negotiate down don't negotiate up mm. negotiate you start i charge fifteen hundred dollars for me for our performance mm -hmm. well we only have five hundred dollars Okay, what else you got? Do I get dinner? Do you have a hotel flight? May I get a letter of reference? Can you buy some of my books, my CDs? Mm. Do I have a table to set up when I get there to make the difference up? There's so many ways mm. that you can um, monetize. Yeah. And you have to... Think of these ways. I don't know what you have. Sure. So don't look at what I do. You know, you're not me. Mm. You're not going to be Diva JC. But you are Fiona. <laughs> and you have a fabulous organization. So do you have a fee schedule? Mm. <laughs> one page for one hour, for three hours, 
for a hundred miles away from home for a pianist and me, for a quartet and me, for a big band and me. <laughs> it's always and me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so ne negotiation is huge. Yeah. And men know how to negotiate. That's why a woman needs a lawyer. Mm. She divorces because <laughs> she's not going to get half mm. otherwise. Okay. He's not going to give you half. He's going to try to keep everything except the credit card bills. All right. Mm -hmm. Then I want some fine jewelry. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The sixth key yeah. is accounting. How much money did you make in 2021? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't mean what you tell the tax office. Sure. <laughs> I mean, really, how much money did you make? Mm -hmm. How do you account for your earnings? Mm -hmm. So that's why I formed FYI Communications Incorporated mm -hmm. so that I could invoice people yeah. and have an EIN number and tax write-off for the gas and the clothes and the whatever, travel, whatever I do, meals. And then I formed Women in Jazz South Florida as a nonprofit mm -hmm. so that I didn't have to pay taxes on mm -hmm. all the money that I would make and go right into the nonprofit. And then I just use what I need. Mm -hmm. You understand? I really don't spend the money for, you know, me. Mm -hmm. I spend it for printing, yeah. for website um, fees, all of those fees that you have to pay, mm -hmm. you see. Mm -hmm. So... Six keys to success. It's important, yeah. And as you say, they're in your Women in Jazz. So I'm holding it up here because uh, it's well worth, absolutely worth reading. And we will, of course, we'll put all the links to your book. So when we when we post this, we'll put all the links, uh, and we will for our bookcase. We will we'll keep buying your books. So thank you so much for being our guest on our podcast. Um, and I wish you well, and we will speak very very soon. Okay, so, darling. <laughs> thank you, Joe. Thank you. And stay busy, 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 busy. <laughs> I will. <laughs>